Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. My name is Bo Nellis. This is Indica versus Sativa Part 2. Let's get started. Let's roll into some stoner moments. Since I am doing Part 2 of Indica versus Sativa, I don't really have a whole lot of stoner moments, but just a couple of things that I wanted to touch in on. I happened to walk into a head shop over the holiday weekend in order to buy myself some hemp wick, which I totally forgot. And I saw a whole lot of sea vaults and I I realized that I don't have the smallest one by a long shot. They had this totally cute little Tupperware looking one. It's so cute. I didn't buy it though. Uh, I was there for hemp wick. But uh, there's definitely a lot of different sizes if you are looking for options. The one that I had is by no means the smallest. And the one that is the smallest looks like, again, it's got that Tupperware lid. It doesn't have the latches, which prevent you from getting into it super fast, which is one of the things that I like. So I probably will end up picking one up in the future. I'm excited, which I might be able to do since this weekend, I'm going to the secret cup. I'm so excited. I won a couple of years ago. And if you've never heard of it, it's kind of like cannabis cup, but specifically for concentrates. And the last time I went, there was a lot of great pentane and hexane extractions, which were super tasty. You have the opportunity to buy some dab at some really great prices and see what's going on in the market. So I'm really excited to scope that out for you. And there's going to be two days, so you can definitely look forward to hearing all about my exploits. And uh, if I can get any recordings, I definitely want to try to. It can get kind of noisy on the inside and they have bands and things like that. So I'll see what I can do for you. And going back to concentrates, I did talk about clear concentrate in the last podcast. And even though it's not my preferred method, I do want to say that refined products are really, really valuable and really, really important for those who absolutely need a very clean product, either for vaporization or for edibles or topically, however you're going to use it. If you need to know exactly what's in your medicine, then things like the clear concentrate are perfect for you, even if I didn't give them a glowing review. (laughs) That's one of the issues with cannabis is that we're all different and it's just going to happen. You know, I know some people, I talk about indica and sativa, and like I said, they're antiquated forms of categorization because on top of, you know, not always knowing exactly which one's which, I know people who have the exact opposite reaction to the general public uh, with the sativa. Say a sour diesel usually gets most people in a really creative space. If uh, they have some depression issues, it can be very body enlivening. And then I know other people, they smoke it and they're like, I'm so ready for a nap right now. Like it just, it saps their mucous membranes and the way their body responds is like, shut it down, shut the whole thing down, shut it down, we're going to sleep. Uh, And if you find that a lot of the things that I say aren't applicable to you, don't don't fret about it. It it's totally normal to be abnormal and especially as we learn about cannabis, right? So if uh, I say something and it doesn't seem to be applying to you, just do the opposite. Maybe try the opposite for a change. All right. I want to be 
a little angry about some stuff, so let's get blunted. And I'm going to bitch about the prices of concentrates. Went to a dispensary over the holiday weekend, too, which was super awesome. I'm smoking on some Dutch treat and key lime pie that I got from my ventures. And I love the Dutch treat. I've talked about it before. It's very sativa dominant. And it's very giggly inducing without being anxiety or paranoia inducing for me, not being too racy in the head. And then I'm mixing it with key lime pie, which is also labeled a sativa dominant hybrid. But in my experience, I it tends to be way more mellow, what I consider an indica dominant sativa. Because eh, they're all just made up names anyway. We're just all shooting from the hip here, right? uh, Fig it till you make it. Okay, Uh, what I wanted to get was some of the concentrates too, uh, specifically the live resin, which I love, but at $90 a gram, that is almost two and a half times the cost of gold. Still, it's legal and it is still more expensive than gold. That's fucking ridiculous. So I didn't come home with any live resin. But I did come home with a cartridge for my pen, which again, I don't really care. They don't like that. They all taste the same to me. They all have this weird underlying taste, even if they aren't mixed with PG, but they are really damn handy. They are convenient as fuck. So I just can't say no. And at $30 for the half gram, it's actually more in a reasonable range of what you're paying for flour when you consider all the technology and refining that goes into it. So it's like, yeah, that's a good deal. So make sure that I can take a toke wherever I want. (laughs) Yeah. Sneaker toker. Okay, let's move into indica versus sativa versus hybrid. You know, since it's all weed, it all has THC unless it's CBD rich, but even CBD rich strains are going to follow this rule. What makes the difference? Since all weed has THC, uh, what and it all looks the same, how do you even know what would be indica and what would be sativa? Well, we discussed part of that in the last one, and that is that terpenes are what really makes the difference. Whether you have a THC-rich strain or a CBD-rich strain, they both respond to the terpenes that are there. Sorry about my turtle being so noisy right now. He's uh, He's just trying to bask. Going back to terpenes uh, and the amazing creative stoners that are out there, uh, one somebody has created this terpene wheel. And what that does is it kind of splices out all the different flavors and matches them up to the different terpenes. And some even go farther to match them out to different strains and genealogies that are out there. This is a really invaluable tool when you're just beginning and you really want to learn more about what's going on and how to distinguish the smells and and to really become that cannabis connoisseur to really up your game and know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, A terpene wheel is going to be your best friend in that journey, especially the one that matches them up to particular strains. Since the smell lends to the flavor and that's where we really get the strain characteristics and and the experiences from, Uh, again, because THC is all the same, but it's the terpenes that create the journey. Matching them up to 
The smell is also one of the things that has lent to these crazy names that so many people complain about who are against legalization and cannabis as medicine in general. They're like, oh, well, who is actually going to use a strain called Alaskan Thunderfuck? And to that, I say, well, who is really going to be using a medicine called Cialis? Or Ritalin. Like, those are stupid fucking names as far as I'm concerned. And I think Alaskan Thunderfuck is a fantastic name. Not only because it hints towards its lineage, but also because it's a really fucking cool name. But the important part is that it hints towards its lineage. If you actually cared about the genealogy of cannabis, uh, you are in the, the culture of growers and breeders, and you know their names, and you know the names of the land race strains, which we talked about. And so when somebody comes up to you and says Alaskan Thunderfuck or Chemdog or Granddaddy Purple, you understand what those things mean. Just because somebody comes into an entire existing culture and doesn't understand the language, they decide to make fun of it, doesn't make that a valid fucking argument. All right? It's ad hominem. Uh, let's take, for example, the key lime pie and the Dutch treat that I've been smoking. So the Dutch treat, being a sativa dominant as its first clue, uh, and Dutch in its name, is going to tell me that it's probably from a South African strain originally, which is a great sativa that I love. It tells me that it's going to be giggly without being anxiety-inducing. And the key lime pie is going to hint at probably some creaminess with some citrus, uh, very much like a blue dream would. So I know that there's going to be some body settling and some creative stimulation without being overwhelming. It's going to be a little bit more of a balanced hybrid, though it does lean sativa dominant, they say. These things are really important to me, and if they change the name of the strain to something different, I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't know how to pick my medicine. Uh, that's not to say that, again, I don't think we aren't using antiquated and often convoluted classification systems. I think we should come up with something new, but I honestly think that we're going to be working backwards. We're going to be working from the strain names and creating really great patented breeding lines, uh, kind of like they do with roses. And, and we're going to be working back from there, from the names and, and creating a genealogy as we understand how these plants really breed and, and the way that they work and how they differentiate themselves. Because in the end, they're all cannabis and they're all different. They're like little people in their own little way, in their own little plant way. That's cute. Okay, maybe I smoked too much weed before I started. Okay, so if we start to understand the differences in the genealogy, if we know that we want something more citrusy or we want something with an earthier tone to it, uh, or maybe we don't understand that yet. Maybe we need to. Maybe we understand that, that terpenes will smell this way and that if I look at these strains... Uh, I could probably find these terpenes, but then what do we, what do they do? Well, that's where a lot of the, the nuances come in. In greater quantities within the plant, and by greater quantities, we're still talking on the milligram level. I mean, most terpenes in concentrated forms are, are really tiny quantities when you compare them to the amount of cannabinoids and things like that. 
But it's those tiny nuances, those teeny tiny nanograms of difference that seem to really make the difference because you can have a plant with a lot of myrcene or beta-carophylline or lemonine or linalool and they they can all test very close to the same way if you're only looking for the largest quantities. However, if you look at all the the available options and how each one by teeny tiny nanograms and uh, thousands of milligrams, I don't know what that's called on the smaller scale, but they really start to influence in very tiny ways, our hormone shifts and and the own and the signals within our own bodies. So, uh, I was just looking at some test results for some shatter and the difference between a blue dream, which is a great hybrid. It's a very mellow, even balanced hybrid, which is great for daytime use for people with anxiety and body pain issues, uh, such as fibromyalgia or Lyme disease. Uh, and then another one that is called Hazy Kush, which is much more sativa dominant. It's very much more head racy, also a hybrid. If you notice the Kush in there, that's a hint to some indica. But the indica is very subtle. It it feels in the body, but your head is racing so much that you don't notice it as well. It just prevents the body from actually being all jacked up too. Now, when I looked at the test results, they were almost equal in the amount of beta-carophylline that was available. So what makes the difference? It's going to be terpenes or terpenoid groups or terpenes again, if that's the way you say it, that are on such a small level that we're not even testing for them yet. However, our body understands that they are there. And so our body is still going to react to it. And those nuances are flagged in the name of the strain. That's the best way that we have to do it so far. It's also going to be flagged in our nose. And if we can match up our nose with essential oils and begin to really pull out great test results from those, we're going to begin to build a really comprehensive understanding of cannabis in ways that merely looking at the different cannabinoids doesn't grant us. So it's these subtle terpenes that are present in the cannabis plant when mixed with different growing techniques and uh, stresses on the plant that are going to create differences in each batch by batch. Because the guy that grows it in his garden isn't going to have the same results as the guy who grows it in his closet. Uh, that's, That's just the way it is. And it's things like that that account for a lot of variation in places like Leafly strain reviews where the strains seem to be all over the place and the pools are really the best place to look if it's if they're talking about energetic and happy and things like that. I don't look at the individual strain reviews so much because there's just so much variation and there's absolutely no way to confirm what these people are saying or why it turned out that way or that the strain that they're reviewing is even the one they're supposed to be reviewing. But when you take the mass information and conglomerate it into a poll, you tend to get a really good idea of what that strain is supposed to present to you. So if you're looking up some ideas, Leafly is a great place to get an overall idea 
but I wouldn't take it for the specifics. For that, I would talk to your bud tender or your dealer or um, best case scenario, if you are looking for seeds to grow yourself, the breeder, uh, their, their website in their description. You know, understanding the genealogy of the strain uh, when shopping is really, really important to understanding how to find the perfect strain. Now, one of the things that is really just starting to come into play in our understanding of indica versus sativa and how important the terpenes really are, are these CBD-rich strains. Uh, because there, there, there's these myths out there that sativas are really, really low in CBD and indicas are higher in CBD. And that might have been true at one point in time when we were really just understanding it based on what the, the market demanded but with continued testing, we're actually seeing that that's a total bunk conception. Uh, because when you actually look at a lot of the available CBDs, there's plenty of sativa-dominant CBD options available. ACDC is one that I've enjoyed. The Sweet and Sour Widow is another one. And anytime you mix THC with those uh, CBD mixes, that sativa is really going to become a lot more prominent or the indica uh, dominance of it will become a lot more prominent. But when it's just CBD by itself, it, it isn't always as easy to tell, but those differences are definitely going to be there. And some of us are just going to be a lot more sensitive than others. So even if you're looking at a CBD rich strain, you should know if it's going to be indica dominant or sativa dominant, because chances are it'll be a hybrid. And one of the, the important things to remember, too, is that CBD doesn't smoke or vape the same way that THC does in the sense that it can taste different. It plays on those terpenes differently because it doesn't play with them so much the way that THC does, but just kind of plays alongside of them uh, as a neuroprotectant. Taste receptors treat them differently. Uh and it can taste a lot, the, the way I describe it is flatter. It doesn't taste as yummy. It doesn't taste uh, as smooth. So what you end up getting is a little bit of a grassier, very kind of tobacco feel in your smoke. I'm really just talking about smoke right now, not vaporization. You, you, you can, it feels more like hitting a cigarette sometimes. You get a better feel of that tar, whereas when you mix it with THC, it really smooths out a lot of the smoke and makes it easier to actually get into your lungs, unless it's expansive, in which case once it gets there, it's going to blow up. Um, but still, it made it into your lungs very easily. The CBD just doesn't tend to be as smooth, but you definitely still get taste with it. And you will still have a stimulated or a more depressed type of response to it. All right, you guys, this time I don't have uh, much of a safety, but I do have a really exciting announcement. One of my friends who is a glass blower, Ethan Lesh, he's actually making a pipe for me so that I can do a glass giveaway. I'm really excited about that. It will probably be after the holiday, so uh, not right and don't expect it next time or anything, but it's in the works. I'm so excited. He's shown me parts of it. It's not completed yet, but it's so amazing. He's really, really talented. You can look him up on Google and I will make a URL to his stuff on my blog, along with a URL to the terpene uh, profile. Oh, and you know what? One more thing I forgot to say was 
when I was talking about the testing that was done on the sea vaults, uh, they actually limited it to two months. Sea vault said two months. It was guaranteed. But I believe that testing was done by the workshop up to six months. I do have the link also for that that I'm going to be putting on the blog. I also hope to have lots of things to bring back with me from the secret cup. Uh, I know that I really want to get a carb cover that is a dabbing instrument that you use to hold your dab and then put it on the skillet when it's hot. And then it actually has a cover for the center hole, the carb as it were. And it's supposed to increase the flavor or help you get more out of your dab. I'm not sure yet, but I'm really excited to find out. So maybe we'll be talking about that on a future podcast. Next time, we're going to talk more about terpenes and indica versus sativa and really more about this hybrid thing and about how to determine which one is going to be best for you. You know, I'm going to throw out more strain names and discuss really more about how to go into a dispensary and talk to a bud tender and and figure out what you need based on your availability. And I'm going to talk about that for the strains and the bud. And I also want to talk about that a little bit more for edibles and how to pick one out or how to make your own. Get more into my happy pills and my sleepy pills and how to make sure that you don't confuse yours up when you're trying it out. All right. I'm going to finish off this Dutch treat and key lime pie here. It's so tasty. It's really, really tasty. I really like mixing the key lime pie with the Dutch treat for something like this because the Dutch treat keeps me talkative and the key lime pie keeps me from getting too off the rails, a little too uh, racy in my discussion, and it really helps mellow it out. So I get the best of both worlds by mixing them both together. It was a short one this time, but you learned a lot and we'll talk next time. Till then, ciao for now.